Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire episode 187. Today is Tuesday, February 28, 2023. Uh, before we get started today, we've got a super exciting show uh, all about revival and what's happening in the country and in the world right now. That's going to be a very exciting episode. Uh, so you want to stick around. I actually just found out just because I was doing a Google search. I don't know why I was searching this. I can't really remember exactly how I figured this out, but we're actually on other podcasts. If you're like, no, Jeff, I like Podbean or no, Jeff, I like some weird, obscure podcast platform. We might actually be on those, but I always like to just say the big three because um, I found it on some random podcast, one of the smaller podcast sites. I can't remember which one it was. And I was like, oh, look, it's the Alleged Fire podcast, all, all the episodes. So, um, yeah, Mariah uses a centralized system and distributes it. But, yeah, those three, those big three are the, the, the main ones. So if you're listening on Spotify and you're not following Elijah Fire podcast yet, go ahead and hit that follow button. We really appreciate that. That'll help us out. Uh, a whole lot is happening in the podcast arena. We've seen a massive spike in listening hours. So God bless all of you guys who are listening to this. Um, we love you guys. So um, anytime you donate to ElijahFire.com slash donate, all proceeds go towards keeping this free. There's a lot of moving parts. And, you know, we've been having some meetings lately about doing some new things. So we're really excited about that. Um, it's a lot of, a lot of resources, though, required to, to do something like this. So. All of your donations go towards that. And then we take a portion of every single donation and we funnel into our amazing partnership with Show, Show Mercy International, uh, who are doing amazing work digging freshwater wells over in Uganda. And we're branching out into other countries as well. But we dig a new freshwater well every three days and they're completely transforming these communities. Um, it, it's one of those weird things that we just take for granted over here in the West, especially uh, of clean water. You turn on your tap. You don't have to worry about getting sick. Um, and there's a lot of places that we forget just don't have the access to clean water that they should. And so, you know, they spend their whole day can revolve around getting clean water. Um, and so their kids uh, in some of these communities, not all of them, but some of them, uh, their kids can't go to work or can't go to school because they have to help their parents or their mom fetch clean water and they go miles to tainted water sources. Um, and so because we've eliminated that because of your guys's generosity, these communities now have the ability to actually thrive so and develop. And so um, that's because of your guys's generosity. So anytime you're like, man, I really believe in Elijah fire. I just really want to bless them. I'm going to commit to a monthly donation. We take a portion of every single one of those donations and we funnel it into this. So I'm going to play a quick video and then we're going to get going. So thank you again, you guys, for your generosity. Um, I'm really excited about everything that we're going to be doing in 2023 in regards to this stuff. So more details on that will follow in the future. But in the meantime, just thank you for believing in us, believing in this this ministry, this show, this podcast, um, um, and also just what we're doing over there in Uganda and beyond. So um, God bless you guys. All right. So my guest today, we've had her on several times, and I always love having her on. Um, she's a revivalist. She's a missionary. She's the director of Saturate Global. She's also the author of Saturate, uh, which is a great book, you guys. Um, and 
this really details that seven waves uh, prophecy that she released. Um, and, and really, I, I know you guys have heard her talk about it on the show. And if you've been looking for some kind of a, a expanded kind of breakdown of that, this book is absolutely for you. It's also really kind of a, I look at it as like a field manual for revival. Um, so if you're in a community where you guys are really just hungry and you guys are like, all right, it, we're hearing what God is doing. We're seeing it. And, uh, we, it's time to just really, uh, you know, put, put the pedal to the metal. Um, and you can get a community together, a group of people, you guys can all bust this out and break it down and really just start applying it. It's really great. It's also very convicting, which any, any kind of book like this should be. Um, cause it's hard. It's impossible to not go introspective and realize areas that you maybe aren't surrendering to the Lord. Uh, and so, yeah, let's give it up for my guest today, Jesse Graves. Hi everyone. I'm so excited. Yeah. Welcome back for the 10,000th time. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I I feel like I'm now officially a regular yes. on Elijah Five. Yes, you have arrived. Yes, absolutely. So, okay, Jesse, something kind of crazy is happening in Pasadena, California, right now. What is happening? Yes. So, as you can see, I'm in a very beautiful old Airbnb in California right now, and I have no voice. So, Holy Spirit, help yes. me get every word out. Um. But yeah, we are, I mean, honestly, Jeff, revival is breaking out across the world right now. Um, I literally just, even as I say those words, I just feel the power of God right now. We, I, I can't emphasize this enough to every person listening. We are in the Kairos moment that has been prophesied over, that has been prayed into. I mean, it's like revival is the lowest hanging fruit right now. Um, and we're in Pasadena right now. And honestly, was not planning to be here. <laughs> and God is pouring out his spirit um, in the most unprecedented way. I mean, literally, I've been texting. Our whole staff is actually flying in today. My kids fly in in the next two wow. hours. Um, so my in-laws who are actually watching my children are on a plane right now, bringing our children here because we don't know how long we'll be here. Yeah. Wow. Um, but yeah, basically what broke out Thursday, I can honestly, earnestly say this. I've never had a experience like that, um, in my entire life and God um, I've never actually experienced it where Jesus just walked into a room and took over. Wow. And I was literally, I, for 11 and a half hours, I had the fear of the Lord. I was afraid to go to the bathroom. Hmm. Um, I was afraid to leave the room because it was so holy. And um, even like we, we, we ordered like 10 pizzas to this mansion because people were so hungry and I was like afraid to offer people pizza because I just didn't want to like touch it, what yeah. the Lord was doing. Yeah. Wow. So it started out kind of as like a, wasn't it like a, 
I was in evangelism training thing. Yeah. Were you guys so, just doing worship and then all of a sudden it was just like, bam, or what okay, happened? So I'll tell you the story. I actually yeah. haven't told anyone the story really yet because I'm still okay. processing. Yeah. Um, but it was the weirdest thing. So we, our friend Mondo Matthews, he leads um, a ministry called Ekbalo as well mm-hmm. as another ministry called Hope California. And um, they're based out of Pasadena. We've done ministry with them before. Um, We actually first met at the Bonnie Bray house um, where Azusa broke out. So I also feel like that's just weirdly significant. So that's where we became friends. Wow. And Lou Engel like grabbed our arms and linked them together. And he was like, you're supposed to run together. So Mondo is actually on our board at Saturate. And we, he was doing this prayer meeting to start a 40 day fast for California. And I am just kind of one of those people where like, I just like to show up for people. Like I am, I'm like the biggest cheerleader for people. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I will be there for you. If you're going to obey the Lord, like I'm in your corner. Like I I, I'm, I'm there. I'm that kind of friend. Mm -hmm. That's my personality. So Mondo was doing this prayer rally at the Rose Bowl. So we came to support him. And he was like, Jesse, um, would you mind Thursday morning doing like a one hour evangelism training with our prayer ministry students? And I was like, yeah, of course, like easy, no problem. Mm -hmm. And we were planning that night, Thursday night to do um, just a really simple evangelism outreach in Huntington Beach. So that's where our ministry started. I love Huntington Beach. I love reaching the lost in Huntington. I just have like an anointing for it. Mm. And so we packed with us like two megaphones and um, we were just going to rally people to like hit Huntington Beach streets. So Jeff, God is so weird and so fun. So Thursday morning, I, I'm just going to be blunt. I didn't shower that morning. I was like, I had my glasses on and a hoodie and leggings. My hair was in a braid. Like it was kind of nasty. I had no makeup on. Yeah. And you were in full cozy mode. Just like the most cozy. Yeah. (laughs) And honestly, the least expected. (laughs) And yeah, I was like, we're going to do this quick evangelism training. Bust it out. Yeah get it done. I had my notes and everything. I was like, and then we'll go to the hotel, shower and get ready for outreach. Right. So uh, basically we show up and they, there's this mansion in Pasadena that they, they meet at. And the mansion happens to be behind where H rock Church is. That's Cheyenne's church. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're at this like random mansion. We're sitting there. There's like 20 people there. And Um, I'm teaching about evangelism, what the gospel is, why you share it. Honestly, kind of like a pretty boring training. Like it was kind of like brass tacks, like this is the gospel. This is Mm -hmm. why you share it. This is how you share it. There was no like, like, I don't know. There's no spice. There was no spice to it. It was just kind of, you know. It was kind of whatever. Yeah. And um Parker and I are just explaining like why you share the gospel, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I did this activation and Jeff, the craziest thing is I've done this activation like a thousand times. And like 
God always does stuff, but this was so different. So I have this, this activity that I do with everyone I disciple, with all of our trainings. I always do this one activity. And basically, I have people take out a pen and a paper, and I basically just tell them that we're just going to be quiet for five minutes, and we're just going to lay down our plans, and we're just going to ask the Holy Spirit, what are you doing? And it's just, I just, I, for, it's something Parker and I do all the time. And we just are in the regular practice of asking the Holy Spirit, what are you doing, Holy Spirit? And how do I not make my plans an idol? And how do I do what you're doing? Right. Mm -hmm. So we try to then demonstrate that to other people because the Lord will speak to you if Mm -hmm. you ask. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times God's doing something different than what we're doing. A lot of times. And <laughs> this is not a lot. <laughs> Most of the time. Yeah. So we do this activity, Jeff. And like I, I have my eyes closed and I'm just like letting the Holy Spirit speak to people. And then it felt literally like Jesus just walked into the room. And I can't explain it other than like, I absolutely knew that he was standing there. And I just started to cry. And I'm like silently sitting in my chair, just weeping. And I open my eyes and everyone in the room is just weeping. Wow. And all of a sudden, it's like, I can feel God's presence now as I'm even sharing it. And Mm all of a sudden I just hear him whisper so quietly to me and he just gently whispers and he says, mercy over California. Mm -hmm. And he says, where there should be judgment, pray for mercy. Wow. And I just felt like all of a sudden, like all of the rebellion of California, I felt like the Holy spirit was saying, cry out for mercy cry out for mercy. So all of a sudden I just go, I just literally just simply said, I said, mercy over California. And Mm. I just start, I'm crying. And then all of a sudden the 20 people in the room just start falling onto the floor and just start openly confessing sin and are like repenting and crying out to God and just start worshiping like spontaneously, like all these random songs just start coming up. I mean, Jeff, for 45 minutes, everyone just said the name of Jesus over and over for 45 minutes. Wow. It was just Jesus, Jesus, hmm. Jesus, Jesus. It's like you couldn't literally think about anything else. And hmm. people started to trickle into the room and just start sitting down, laying down, praying, worshiping. and. Then we just like started to continue to worship. And I jumped on my Instagram and just was like, if you're in the area, just get here, like just get into the room. And we ended up worshiping and praying for 11 and a half hours, almost 12 hours. And it was like the weirdest thing, Jeff, because there was like hardly anyone on a microphone and it would like, wave like flow in and it would be like there'd be like a moment of 
like it would just be like super holy. And all of the songs, everyone in the crowd would be singing, it would be like, holy, 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 like, is there anyone worthy? Is there anyone? And it would like have like that kind of feel. And then all of a sudden, like the next hour without trying to manufacture it, it would like switch. And then everyone would start roaring and standing up and shouting and clapping. And then people just start falling out in the spirit. And all of a sudden people are getting delivered without anyone laying hands on them. People are taking knee braces off and getting physically healed. I mean, we, we we're now in, I don't even know what day, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we took off Sunday, Monday, last night, like five people got healed of tendonitis, like in their hands wow. and no one laying hands on them. Like <laughs> one lady was a so nurse cool. and she said as a nurse, like she hasn't been able to open things with her hands and like, couldn't go like this. Her, her hands get healed last night on a Monday night. Like, and I just keep thinking, I'm like, this is surely going to die down. And it's just like ramping. And like four, four teenage boys last night got saved for the first time, made a first time decision last night. Come on. Follow Jesus in like this house in Pasadena. They end up getting baptized in the foyer of this, the, this house. We just set up like a baptismal in the living room foyer. They get baptized. They get full of the Holy Spirit. Like people are getting delivered. I, I, I'm just like, I, I, I have no idea fully what's happening. And this is so different than every revival I've studied. Even every revival that we've been a part of, it's like every night Jeff is so different and he's doing something different. It's almost like every night has its own like theme. Yeah. And he's just deciding it. And it's like, everyone's like afraid to touch it. Like we're like, I don't know what to do. Like, and it's just like, like I literally, I spend like the first two hours of every night just like on the floor and there's just this weighty, like last night I preached the entire message on the floor because I literally couldn't stand because of the, the like, I, I like, it felt like there was like 30 pound weights in my hands Yeah, and I just couldn't move. Like yeah. I literally physically couldn't move my body and and it's just, it's just, it seems like it's just increasing like the, the presence, even like as I was driving in last night, I could just feel it. Like the expectation, just like, it's just so weird, Jeff. <laughs> well, the thing I love is that you went in, you and part, your husband Parker went in, I oh, will just bust out this evangelism training. And I was thinking about it while you were talking that there's, I can think of no better evangelism training than to be filled up because that's that's gonna have a longer lasting effect than here's what you do in this blah 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 blah. you know like totally. if you're like filled and you're like dude you gotta come see this you know uh, i don't care if you know jesus or not come um and it's really cool that you guys are seeing salvations you know even from like young dudes you know it's like that's um and i think another thing i want to point out is i I bring people on to talk about this a lot, especially you, Jesse, um, about revival and whoever's listening to this, you know who you are. There's a tendency to kind of shift into just the negative. Oh, the days we're living in. 
Oh no. Whoa. Oh no. Look at what's happening over here in world war three and blah, blah, blah. And, um, and even now people are like, you know, Jeff, this is serious, you know, but this is serious. What Jesse's talking about matters more than anything else happening out there. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Because if you get this, wherever you are, you don't have to be in Pasadena. You don't have to be at Asbury. You don't have to be others. It's, it's, going, it's everywhere. It's happening everywhere, and it's going to continue to build. If you get this, this is what matters. This is what changes nations. This is what changes cities, communities. God's presence changes that. So no amount of you worrying is going to add anything to whatever's happening over there in whatever country. It's not going to work. <laughs> This is this is how it happens right here. What Jesse's talking about. So, yeah, I love that, and I think it's like okay. So take California for example, right? Mm -hmm. So I would say like just brass tacks. So I think something that's really important to indicate is I think sometimes we can have wrong perspectives of God, um, and we're like, well, God would never send judgment because He sent Jesus, but we don't realize that if we reject Jesus, then we're, we're, we're putting judgment on ourselves. Right. So if you, if you reject the sacrifice, right, then, then what the sacrifice covers for you is not available. And um, like right now, if you take different states of what's happening in the nation, right? Like America very much so has been in rebellion to things of God, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, we've removed him from our schools. We've removed him from government. We've removed him from all these different areas, but yet we still want the blessings of God. And that's out of order. So it it, it just doesn't like logically even make sense. Like, right. So to like reject someone, like even your own parents, if you're like, I want nothing to do with you, but I want like all the things that you have. Yeah, I want inheritance when you die, even yeah, though you're like, dead to me, you know? Yeah, like, it just doesn't make sense, yeah. right? But what's happening is, and this is why, Jeff, revival is the only hope for America and yeah. why it is so important. And, and for every believer should be of vital importance to you is because without revival, so revival is for the church. And it's us remembering, it's coming back to our first love. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's sovereign, but it's also purposeful. And it's being like, like, okay, so something we say in our family is we have it predetermined in our mind that we will obey Jesus no matter what. And, uh, for us, it's, um, I think what a lot of people don't realize is they, they think that revival is like magic fairy dust, right? But I think that we need to make decisions as individuals, all of us included, of, okay, if God starts to break out in my living room tonight, what is going to be my response? Yeah. What am I going to do? And I believe that right now, Jeff, there's an invitation from the Lord so right now, like today, like right this second on 228, right now, make the decision when God pours out his spirit, what are you going to do with that? Mm-hmm. And I know that for us, we have 
already talked to our staff. We've already budgeted for it that when God breaks out his spirit, like we're, we're not going to tamper with it. We're just going to host it. And I think a lot of people, you know, um, I think in their homes or at parks or at their churches or even at their workplaces, God is actually sending revival right now. But as it starts to come in and as his presence starts to move in, we're like, well, I got a meeting at one o'clock, so got to go, like can't, can't stay here. And we don't realize, I think, Jeff, all over the nation, we have a massive problem when it comes to quenching the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so yeah, we yeah. want revival, but revival is so inconvenient. <laughs> like it really, it's disruptive and that's why it works. Yeah. But it it will inconvenience you, but it is the only hope for America because we need to be sensitive to what the Lord wants and we need to respond to him yeah. um, and obey him. And that's when you see the outworkings then later on of mass evangelism, mass crusades, all of that is the outworkings of a church that's revived. If that yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Oh, it absolutely does. All right. So you released, I don't know if this is an old thing that you released, but um, there's a link in the description for anybody that wants it. it was a Facebook. We have the Facebook link to the Facebook post you made and it's a 2020 to 2023 prophetic word. And it's, it's five points, so it's really easy to grasp. You can write it down on a post-it note and just put it on your mirror, on your monitor. Or you can you know, do whatever. You can share it. You can all that kind of stuff. But let's talk about this. Um, was this a word that was is like fresh, or is this one that you've been sitting on for a while? So, Jeff, I got this word. I just took a screenshot of it. So um, I got this word in... October 2020. Um, actually, the word is in both my wildfires book as well as the saturate book. Um, and I, to be honest, I it's probably one of the most sure words I've ever gotten. Yeah. Um, where the Lord just said it to me, and it was like it wasn't up for debate. It was just like this is facts, <laughs> and I. That's why I put it in both the books. Um, and I really felt like the Lord was like, Jesse, like, this is like the most important thing that you need to know. Um, and for our family, like, we need to make all of our decisions to um, basically cultivate our our lifestyle around this word. So mm. it's, it's of extreme importance to our yeah. family. Yeah. So should I share it? You want me yeah, to let's it? do it. Yeah, let's okay. go for it. So basically, um, it's from 2020 to 2030. So it's a 10-year word. Um, and I've shared before on Elijah Fire. Um, it's so fun what's happening because I love when prophecies are happening and you're in them. It's yeah. the best. It's way easier for prophets to talk about prophecies that are in well, the midst of and it builds people's faith. Like if people can see a, because you know, you have this one that's actively, I mean, we're seeing it happen, you know, but then you also have your seven waves prophecy, which, you know, is really detailed and, and saturate um, that we can actively see, you know, in, in process as well. So you it builds your faith to go, 
Okay, I can see it. I can absolutely see it. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, because some people, you know, if they're, especially if they're new to prophecy, I know there's some people who are newer to prophecy. Um, I know some people personally who are listening. Um, and uh, that can build your faith. The appropriate totally. response to a prophetic word is faith, not we'll totally. see what happens. That's not faith. Faith is going to, there, there is a measure of unseenness that you're going to have to just trust in the Lord, put your faith in it and go, okay. God, I'm partnering with this. Yes. Um, and so that's what's cool about seeing a word in process like this. And you kind of have the luxury of having a couple of prophetic words that are actively happening right now, which is yes. really cool. So, well, and Jeff, what's really cool too is if anyone's watching this, um, I agree. I love, I love YouTube because you can actually go back and see how things build mm -hmm. and i would encourage people too that are watching this after this is done like there are so many interviews that jeff and i have done in the past yeah. where like we've prophesied and talked about things that are are already happening right yeah. now that weren't happening then yeah. even like on my own youtube channel two years ago i shared about the lord pouring out massive revival in kentucky and I did a whole video just about Kentucky and why Kentucky and the Lord was opening up Kentucky. And now we're seeing everything that's happening in Asbury. But what's cool about social media is like, we don't live in the days of 50 years ago where you just have to trust that a prophet said that and that they're yeah. not lying, but it's all time stamped on the internet. Mm -hmm. So it's just really like, it just builds even more faith where yeah. you're like, Yes. Okay. So I'm going to read this word. So it's a 10 year word, 2020 to 2030. I've shared before in Elijah fire. I believe that we have a 10 year window um, to respond to what the Lord is doing. And this is a massive, like if you think of the biggest party invitation that the Lord is giving the church, he is like thrusting this invitation into the hands of the church. But if we don't receive this invitation from him, what happens afterwards, everything that happens after this 10-year period, um, it, it's all dependent on what we do in these 10 years. So um, basically, the things that you need to know, it's really simple. First, the revival. I'm reading it for myself and I'm laughing because I'm like, thank you, Jesus. I actually need this again. <laughs> so the revival will have an ebb and flow like a wave pattern. So um, I actually, our whole family and staff, we went to Asbury. Um, if anyone was at Asbury, something that you would have recognized happening in the room is, um, and people are asking about it and they're like, oh, it felt like God was there and then not there. I'm like, nope, he was there the whole time. This is what's happening in this revival. Different than the Toronto blessing or even the healing movements of the, the early 90s, um, the way that he's pouring out his spirit, it's like it crashes in and then it lifts and it like crashes in and then it lifts. And I almost feel like he's giving us like breathing time to then like go back in. But you literally, when we were at Asbury, we sense the same thing and then the same thing in Pasadena. It's so unusual, but you'll see even in Pasadena, um, in Asbury videos, um, we saw this too. It was like, the worship was kind of dry. Nothing's really happening. Kind of feels like a little boring. And then all of a sudden, 
like something starts building in the room and everyone just starts worshiping everyone. And you can literally feel, it feels like a wave crashing. And um, it's the same thing that we're seeing in Pasadena. It's like nothing, nothing, nothing. And then all of a sudden, all the people in the room at the same time are just responding to the Lord and shouting and screaming and roaring. And you're not having to say like, let's give it a roar. It's just, it just happens. It's just coming out. Yeah. Like, and jumping up and down, like, and then all of a sudden it like goes back down. So that's something to be very sensitive to, whether you're in church or in your car or watching this broadcast that the way that the Holy Spirit is moving right now, um, there's this ebb and flow. And I think he's wanting to teach us how to actually flow with the Holy Spirit, which we've heard that before, but I never actually knew what that meant. Um, I was like, yeah, flow with the Holy Spirit. But now it makes more sense um, where he's just taking over. And when he takes over, like back off, don't touch mm. him. Like, let him just do whatever he wants to do. Like, if you won't touch it, if you'll back off the microphone, oh, this is a word for some ministers. Okay, when you start to feel that wave come in, and I saw this mist a few times at Asbury, but I think they're, they were, they're just learning. We're all learning, right? right? But when you start to feel that wave come in, the best thing we can do is back off the microphone, back off the keys, back off the guitar, like just let the Holy Spirit crash in. And it it's, he's doing something. It's like mass healings, mass salvation, mass repentance, mass deliverance. And you don't have to orchestrate it. Mm. Like he's just doing it. Well, that and takes so, a lot of the burden off to be completely honest. Totally. Especially for people who have no idea what they're doing. Like me, you know, it's like, you don't have to be like, okay, I really will. You know, you just have to let it happen. Totally, totally. And then I would encourage you, like, if you're in a situation where the Lord's having you lead something, you know, when you feel that wave lift, because you'll feel it lift, then that's a great time to like, give a decree, read a word from scripture, like share, share a vision, you know, like start to stir up faith. But once that wave comes back in, like back off. Hmm. And so, um, and then the second word is the revival that's so cool. The revival will not take place in one city like it did in Toronto or Brownsville, but will be sustained in multiple hubs and will be spread by the saints. Hmm. Okay. I wrote this in my wildfires book in 2020. And Jeff, like, this is what is happening yeah. all over social media right oh, yeah. now. Like, this is now like I could just cry thinking about it. Like the saints are spreading revival, like, and it's all over. Like Texas A&M is like exploding right now. Like I'm getting reports of mass revival in the Philippines, like all over the world. God is, uh, he's yeah. pouring out his spirit because we've asked him to come and he's yeah. coming. And it's like, I literally am like, I'm like, what is about to happen? Because we're in such an unprecedented hour. Like literally as I, it makes me so excited to be alive because (laughs) 
as I scroll my social media, it's like God is moving everywhere. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, oh, it's so cool. And it's, it's not in one place or the other, but I would, would say this, there's a warning with that. And um, sometimes I, I, I feel like people are like, you know, um, they're like, well, in, in my, in my car, God's moving the same way. Well, maybe not, but that, that possibly can happen. But I found that the Lord will always, 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 always increase anointing on hunger and humility. Mm. And it's like, he's addicted. He like, Jesus loves hunger and he loves humility. And pride sometimes is like, well, that's great. I don't care. Like I'm doing my own thing here. And I know for us, like, like we're doing stuff in North Carolina and the Lord told our, us to bring our whole family and staff to Asbury. And I was like, well, we're seeing massive outpouring in North Carolina. Why would I have to drive to Asbury? But the Lord was like, because you're hungry and you're humble. Mm-hmm. And I know I had to like lay down my pride to like wait in the rain um, for three hours in 27 degree weather and freezing cold with three little kids. Right. And, but God showed up and, and I, I just want to encourage people. Like if you're not experiencing that, like fullness of revival that I'm talking about, like go on your social media and just look up some places that he's pouring out. Yeah. Just get a plane ticket go for two days and then bring that fire back with you to wherever you are. But don't, don't stay stagnant just because of um, pride. Like just go somewhere, get lit up and then bring it back with you. Yeah. Well, and also too, I mean, I know a lot of people are talking about this, but um, there's a lot of people who hearing about a revival seeing it they're like okay I, you know sure that's cool but it's not for me or that's right but there's something that like all of us really connect with the arts and entertainment right and so for me i look at it god often shows me climates within mo- the movie industry or within television sometimes in music um and i and it could be a a non-christian thing a lot i would say the majority of it is non-christian but god speaks through stuff regardless of whether people like it or not, people can be completely anti-God and God will speak through their movie. And that's what I love about God because he's sovereign and he will communicate with people. If you're listening, he's talking. So (laughs) I'm looking at, you know, it's no coincidence that the Jesus revolution movie came out when it did. There's absolutely no coincidence because what people need to realize is when you plan a movie, it's not just like, oh, guys, there's something happening right now. Okay, let's release it now. You plan this like two years in advance, right. sometimes three, maybe a year in advance. There can be a little bit of push and pull on a release date, but it's just like by weeks, not by like, oh, guys, hey, let's push this out by a year because <laughs> like there's so much planning involved in making a movie. So the, the there is no way they could have known that this is breaking out right at right as the jesus revolution movie was going to come out and what i'm getting at is that people respond to movies you know we see a movie we're really moved by it whoa 
Um, and there's a lot of people where seeing that movie put a hunger inside of them. Um, and my wife and I saw it last night and like, we were just like crying the whole time. And I finally was just like, forget, I'm not going to wipe my face. And I had like tears running like down into my shirt and like, we were just like, whatever, we don't care. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. Um, but I think to look at what God is doing and, and it's not just going to be isolated to just like the Jesus Revolution movie. We're going to see so many other things pop up in the next months and years that are can, can continue to reach very specific people to that's going to be the thing that's going to do it for them. Or they're going to be like, whoa, like all of a sudden I'm so hungry for something like this. And how cool is it that, you know, Jesus revolution really focused on Southern California. You guys have something happening in Pasadena, Southern California, for those who are mm -hmm. unfamiliar where Pasadena <laughs> is, um, you know, and I just think I, I'm, I was thinking about what was happening in Pasadena while I was watching the movie last night. Um, and just, I'm, I'm so stoked. Like, so stoked for what God is doing right now. Jeff, it's like, I, I honestly, I have like almost no words for mm -hmm. the hour that we're in. I, I, I feel like I could like cry on a dime. Like my eyes have just stayed wet for like a week. Mm -hmm. um, I'm actually in Newport Beach right now. So that's where our Airbnb is. Um, and uh, like, Literally, it's so weird the the orchestration of the Lord that you can't you can't do it like you can't figure it out that yeah. like we're not that smart yeah. that like literally we're here just to respond to what the Lord's doing in Pasadena. I mean, literally, what's happening this outpouring in Pasadena, Jeff, is like minutes away of where Azusa Street broke out. Wow! I mean, Frank Bartleman lived in the house that we are in right now and oh he was one of the pioneers of azusa and um literally like the airbnb that i'm in right now this morning i walked to the beach and i'm literally jeff i am like a a short walk away from where lonnie frisbee and chuck smith first met wow. and the high school that is in that jesus revolution movie like I can, it's right, right there. Like it's right up the street here. And I, I'm just like everything we, we watched the movie too. And I just was again, like you weeping. Cause I was like, I'm here right now. Yeah. Like li we're living out what this movie and even like Jeff, everyone that's in the house, like they could have just brought a camera in and started filming the movie because it's like all walks of life are in there. I mean, I was walking around barefoot last night and um, we're baptizing people and it's like messy. It's sweaty. It kind of stinks a little bit. There's like homeless people coming in. Wow. Like it's, it's not, it's, it's not perfect. And it's disjointed a little bit, but I'm like, this feels like the most Jesus people thing <laughs> like ever. Like it's yeah. so wild and fun. But I also believe Jeff, you know, um, I believe it someone, I forgot who was, 
it might have been debt sheets, but someone gave a word in 2020, and I really do think that this is happening right now. They actually said, I believe it was debt sheets, they said that every single well of revival in America is springing open at the same time. And it's like a convergence of everything that the Lord has done in America. And so it, it is unusual. It's weird what's happening because it's like, Asbury obviously is a major well of revival. There's been so many outpourings there. Southern California, like it's just, it's just fascinating that it's all happening at the same time. Yeah. And so, and then obviously the entertainment thing. I mean, even um, Parker, my husband just sent me a report that um, I don't remember the exact number, but like the movie did really well um, financially yeah. in the box office. And that's kind of unusual for, for, yeah. I mean, I went on a Monday night and it was like crazy packed. Like the whole theater, not just my auditorium, the whole theater was packed. So, right. yeah. It's very, it's very interesting. And um, I'll say this. Okay. So the, the third part of that word, and I'll kind of like breeze through these kind of quick and we can kind of tap into anything yep. on it. But the third one is, cause there's only five points here. The third one is, the leaders will, oh, this is so funny. God, it's so funny. The leaders will be training and equipping others like generals in an army. And uh, I just, I think it's so funny that what happened in Pasadena um, broke out during a evangelism training. <laughs> and all of a sudden we accidentally became the leaders of this Pasadena outpouring because mm-hmm. we were just training people. And we just happened to be in the front of the room of this small room when it happened. And I just feel like as people are training and equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry, um, the Lord will just pour out his spirit. Um, And then number four is California will be an, an ignition state. Wildfires of each movement will occur up and down the coast that will spread across the nation into revolution, which is also funny because the movie is called Jesus Revolution. Um, There's all these like little weird bunny trail sprinkling connections. And then the last one is baptism in water and fire is catalytic fuel for the wildfire of revival. And so... Um, we're we're even getting texts and reports of people baptizing people on the streets. Um, and it's not just like your normal church baptism of like, all right, you got saved, come get baptized. But baptize, like it's like that Nicodemus word of like, you must be born again. Mm. You cannot see, you cannot experience the kingdom of heaven unless you are born again. And that that baptism in water and the Holy Spirit is igniting people to just like run forward Mm. and so um it's honestly it's spreading like it's spreading so quickly i I feel like we barely all of us can even keep up with what the lord is doing right now yeah well it i got kind of like a i don't know if it was a vision but um i just got like an image in my head while you were talking um when you were how um you know we have the whole the Asbury thing. And I think there's some people that are like, that are like, Oh, I, 
I have to go to Asbury. And look, I'm not, if I would live closer, I would, I would have gone, you know, or I would go. Uh, but to not look at one specific location is like, I got to get there because not only are you saying this whole thing, the, uh, the, uh, the revival will not take place in one city at point two, that is, there's so many people that have been saying that over the past couple of, of years. And that's not saying that people are copying each other. It's people that don't follow each other that don't, you know, don't look at each other's stuff. Um, this is very much what God is talking about. And so I was reminded of the flood in Genesis actually. Uh, mm. and specifically the verse that says, uh, let me see, I might kind of lost my place, but it, it, it describes in, uh, what is that? Chapter seven, the springs of the deep burst forth. Mm. So yeah, rain, but also the springs of the deep burst mm. forth. And if you can think of these various locations of the springs of the deep, these wells of revival that are bursting forth where it's almost like you're running to one and then also it's like, and another one bursts up and another one bursts up. So it's almost like this cleansing that's happening within our nation and within the world as a result of all these revivals, the flood of revival. Um, and so uh, it's a very exciting thing because it's hard for some people to picture that, but just give it, give it a, give it, I mean, a year from now, if you remember what I said and what Jesse's talking about a year from now, you'll look back and be like, oh my goodness, like look <laughs> around. Um, and it's such an exciting thing. It's so true. And it's funny what you said too, because a lot of people from our team um, have had lots of visions and words about geysers wow. and okay. geysers springing forth. And I just quickly, like as you were talking, I looked on um, Google and basically good old Google. And I just put like, what, what is a geyser? And a geyser is a rare kind of hot spring that is under pressure and erupts, sending jets of water and steam into the air. And it's like, it's, it's a rare phenomenon that happens, but basically it's, it's already, the heat is there, the water is there, but it's like just in that right timing, all of a sudden it just erupts and it erupts quickly. It changes the whole atmosphere. Like everything around it is impacted. And um, I do think Jeff, that that is a word. Cause even like, um, I, I shared this on my Instagram, but on the Thursday night, um, I think we were like into hour seven of worship. And I, okay, I'm going to say this, this is maybe controversial, but I'm not like a long like worship soaker person. Okay. Like that's not my personality. Like honestly, most time when I go to Christian conferences, I'm a little bored during worship. Like, and when people, my biggest pet peeve is when people are like, well, if you don't like long worship, you're going to hate heaven. I'm like, well, yeah. I feel like the worship in heaven's maybe better. Yeah, it's going to be a little different, you <laughs> yeah. know, because I really like God's presence and that's going to be there. So, yeah. yeah. So all the time I'm like, like when it feels disjointed, I'm kind of like, I get distracted. I end up going on my phone or like yeah. kind of walking around and I just don't like sitting there for a long time. Yeah. But well, I get you. Like what's so weird is we've been talking about this, like as a team is 
like three hours feels like five minutes. Wow. Like it's like, it, like we were supposed to on Friday, we were supposed to leave at two o'clock to get lunch. And it was like accidentally four 30. And we didn't even <laughs> realize that like, like we missed the window for lunch. Like wow. it just wow. flew by. But um, after about seven hours of worship, I just told people, I was like, if you've not been baptized, we didn't have a baptismal there yet. I was like, just come forward and I'm going to baptize you with a water bottle. And uh, we just started praying for people. People start repenting. And literally at that moment, I start pouring water bottles on all these people's heads in this living room. At that moment, everyone's pockets start vibrating. And I'm pouring out water bottles over people in the room. And it starts every, you hear in the room, and we're like, what in the world? What in the world? People start taking out their phones. And all of a sudden, this pops up. Um, and it says National Weather Service, a flash flood warning is Whoa. in effect for this area until 10 p.m. And we had planned to go till 10 p.m. Wow. This is a dangerous and life-threatening situation. <laughs> and literally, California, which normally is in a state of drought and no rain, yeah. all of a sudden gets a flash flood warning at that exact moment that we start baptizing people and literally it starts hailing outside and wow. it was like and then california started it started snowing and like it doesn't snow in california no. it's, it's unusual yeah and everyone's just like what in the world and literally like the streets were flooded and again i was like Oh my gosh, like God, you are just pouring out your spirit. And literally sometimes um, I love when nature itself, like nature is responding to the Lord. Yeah. And it's just, I'm like, again, I'm like, what is going to happen? Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> crazy, man. It's, it, yeah, that's a very unusual thing. I think when I lived down in LA, I lived there for two years and it rained like torrential downpour like one time and that was that was like it and then yeah um but something that i want to talk about jesse really quick um and this is something that'll continue to come up i think as people start to see this this is going to be a conversation that's going to really come up and you do see a little bit of this in the jesus revolution movie um but i think there's a lot of talk about why revival stopped mm. um and i think that's an important conversation of like i i'm sure you've observed you know just in revival history there's been a couple of maybe some re returning themes or whatever but what what would you say is something that kind of squelches revival yeah actually there is a lot of things um and this is like you know it's so funny well, it's not funny. It's pretty sad, actually, is um, that wanting revival to continue in America can be a point of controversy. Mm -hmm. um, so I actually shared. So I, I would call myself a student of revival. Um, so not only do we um, have we been leading revivals around the world for the last two years, but um, I study, like deeply, deeply study revivalists of the past. Um, I 
with me, like in my backpack, I have Charles Finney's autobiography with me that I'm reading right now. And I very much am a student. I'm constantly studying because God, as much as he is spontaneous, he is not random. Hmm. And the Lord, if you look throughout the, the Bible, he works in ways. He has a way. He has patterns like you see it prophetically. Right. So um, Charles Finney, actually, who is way smarter than most of us, yeah. um, <laughs> was the leader of the Second Great Awakening. He was a lawyer and led revival. Um, and what I love about Finney is his, he didn't just lead revival. He Every gathering that he did, he took detailed, very specific notes of why things were working and why they were not working. And for 13 years, like a surgeon, he studied revival and um, he put together a book called um, Revivals of Religion, which is based off of that 13 year study. So when people are like, this is my thoughts about revival, I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. And <laughs> you went to one meeting. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, like I have people like manifest at me on social media. And they're like, you know, nothing. This is what the Lord's doing. And I'm like, well, that's like out, not scriptural. It's so out of order. Like, and I know you're a revival expert now um, because you just got baptized, but like, just cool your jets for like three seconds. Yeah. And I, I, I'm going to right now just pull up what Charles Finney says. Um, and we'll just hit on a few of the points just because he's smart and um, if you're mad about what I say, then take it up with Charles Finney when you're in eternity. Um, <laughs> so he says this, and I think it's so good. So um, he basically, he has a whole section in his book, Revivals of Religion, called Hindrances to Revival, um, which means that there are hindrances to revival, which also means, and I'm just going to dismantle this massive lie that's spreading right now. Um, you can kill revival. What? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, people literally all the time are like, you can't kill something that you didn't start. And I'm like, well, historically, we have killed every revival. That is why we are not in the first great awakening yeah. still. Because yeah. <laughs> if you're a leader, man, I'm like, hey, just just start sinning and see what happens. You know, yeah. like if you have unrepented sin. And you're in the, like a leader in a revival. Just watch what happens to the revival as you, uh, continue, you know. Yeah. So. I mean, like that's, I mean, I'm not going to go into it, but yes. Um, yeah. In recent years, we have seen many outpourings um, and revival end because of unrepentant and hidden sin and major character issues yeah. um, in the body of Christ. Um, but one of the things that, Finney says that's so good is this. He says, um, a revival will cease whenever Christians, so he's not talking about unbelievers. He's talking about Christians, the church. He says, it will cease whenever Christians get the idea that the work will go on without their aid. So once you believe that it's all just sovereign, that's when the revival is going to end. Mm. So um, that's just a dangerous temptation. He says the church are co-workers with God in promoting a revival and the work can be carried on just as far as the church 
will carry it on. Mm. I'm like, whoa, that's scary. And go farther. God has been for 1,800 years. So this was written in the 1800s. For 1,800 years, trying to get the church into the work, he has been calling and urging, commanding, entreating, pressing, and encouraging to get them to take hold. He has stood all this while ready to make bare his arm, to carry on the work with them. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Now, back to the show. But the church have been unwilling to do their part. They seem determined to leave it to God alone to convert the world and say, if he wants the world converted, let him do it. They ought to know that this is impossible. So far as we know, neither God nor man can convert the world without the cooperation of the church. Sinners cannot be converted without their own agency, for conversion consists in their voluntary turning to God. No more can sinners be converted without the appropriate moral influences to turn them. Um, he just like... I mean, there's so much good stuff here, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I would just encourage people. Um, like one of the things he says is revival will stop when the church gets exhausted by the labor. Like if you're not practicing rest and uh, spiritual disciplines and solitude and silence and um, the secret place while God's pouring out a spirit, I think that um, I'm just going to be blunt for a second. Um, and I'm not, I love what's, God do it, what God's doing in Asbury. But I believe that no one taught them the discipline of, of rest, of um, how to pass the baton. I think that a lot of reasons why it ceased is they were tired. And you make bad decisions when you're tired and you're hungry and you're, you're, you're just pushing. And so I think even learning how to not take the whole weight on yourself, but work with a team. You know, I think that one of the dangers, um, this is whatever, I'm just going to go for it, but please do. Um, one of the dangerous things that Asbury did, um, and actually this didn't happen really in the leadership of Asbury. It's all those surrounding voices, right? Is, um, there's a dangerous temptation to turn Gen Z into an idol. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think one of the dangerous things is is saying stuff like, you know, this revival will only be led by Gen Z, mm. then puts an inappropriate burden on a generation that doesn't yet quite have maybe yet spiritual maturity to handle um, the hard things. in revival. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I I think that's why from most of the prophets that I've talked to, I believe that this is a multi-generational revival. I've been saying that since I started this show. So people can go all the way back to like episode one, I think. And I, I've been saying it since then. So absolutely. We, we need it. Right. I'm like, I, I know like even what we've been seeing in Pasadena, there's all ages in the room 
and all ages leading worship and all ages on the microphone. And it makes it easier. Like it's like, there's some things that the Gen Zers bring to the table. There's like a fire and a passion and a zeal and a hunger and authenticity that they bring. But like we have some Gen Xers and boomers that are in the room helping and they're just wise and they're not as emotional. And like, I'm just going to be blunt. And (laughs) they just have like a higher level of grit. Like they were trained, like, like work hard, play hard. Like they were taught to just like do it. And like, like, I'm like those Gen Xers, like my parents, like they know how to work, you know, and they're hard workers. So when the rest of us are tired, like, they're like, no, you gotta like, you gotta like do the work, you know? And they know how to parcel out their energy better than a lot yeah. of us do. And well, I think we need that. Yeah. And something else that I've said on the show before, but I've been talking to a lot of boomers about this, that were a part of the Jesus revolution, the actual Jesus revolution back in the day <laughs> that the movie's based on. And yeah. one of the common denominators that a lot of them have said is this. They said, we didn't steward what God was doing well enough. We were so focused on, well, Jesus is coming back, so we don't need to occupy. We don't need to do yeah. anything. Uh, yeah. We don't need it. We just, you know, and uh, that's like one of the common denominators I've heard from the boomers that were a part of that. And now how cool is it? And I've said this to them. How cool is it that now a lot of you are the generals of, of, of faith? So you've yeah. been there before you, they, a lot of them have been in this before and have been Literally. praying for another Jesus revolution. I've <laughs> been praying for another move of God like this, though. I think this one is going to be bigger than that one. Absolutely. But, um, I just think that's so cool. So all that to say, if you're a young person, if you're a millennial, if you're a Gen, a Gen Z, listen, listen, plain and simple, like listen to learned experience. Hey. If I may, you know, if a boomer comes in, don't be like, okay, boomer, you know, uh, they come in, they go, Hey, if I may, this is, I just want to share my experience, um, glean from people. It's so important to glean from, but if you think that, you know, everything you're, you're sorely mistaken, especially as a young person, older individuals, they get that. They're like, (laughs) I know that I don't know whatever stuff. And so there's a, there's a more of a, uh, sometimes a reverence for God, a trust in the Lord for guidance. Um, and a yeah. wisdom that comes from that. And a lot of times with young people, we're like, no, God, okay, God, you said to this. Okay, I'm good. All right, I'll get, no, I got it's the rest. You something don't... new. So you yeah. know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, this is new. Yeah. So. No, yeah. I think that's really good. And um, I, again, like I, uh, I think that when, and it's, it's, it's always, it's the outside voices, right? And so I think that, there's a lot of opinions that can circulate that are not based on any experience whatsoever. Um, and I, I think one of the dangers of, of Asbury that I felt the Lord say was, do not turn a generation into a golden calf. Um, you, we, if, if that happens, that, that's the quickest way to, to kill a revival, right? Because then what happens is, let's say, let's say in some church in... Michigan, God starts pouring out his spirit on a 70 year old, right? Are we then going to be like, well, that's not revival because he's not a millennial or a Gen Zer, right? Like, 
I just, I feel like when we start to do those things, it's, it's dangerous territory. Yeah, for real. For um, real. And so, and then the last thing I, I, I just feel like there's this warning here um, is, and it's like the biggest warning for the church with everything, but um, linear comparison um, and comparing what God's doing in different places too is so dangerous um, because I just think that when people, you know, even in, I don't know, it's just weird. Revival atmospheres bring out the best and the worst. Mm. And it's like, I remember Mario Marilla once said this to us and I was mm. like, oh, this is so true. Mm. Also someone older that we right. should, who's done revival since the sixties, right? Mm. <laughs> so we don't care yeah. what you say, Mario. Um, so one of the things he said though, that was really good was he said, revival atmospheres are like a pressure cooker hmm. and everything that's anointed and holy will be amplified, but also everything that's not good. Wow. And that's why like a lot of times in revival history, as well as just all over it, you see like massive, like adulteries or like people committing like really crazy sin and because that stuff is in them and hasn't been dealt with and that atmosphere um if there's greed in a person like they're gonna be like it's gonna like multiply wow. because that wow. revival atmosphere that sovereign thing of the lord is multiplying everything that's happening so uh, there's a warning here um for everyone we're, we're in those days now so this is the time to ask the Holy Spirit, like search me. And I, I know I always talk about this, but like, don't ask for God to do something. If you, you have unrepentant sin, like mm. allow the Lord to work that stuff out That's and cool. don't think like, well, once revival comes, I'll work it out. Like, yeah. no, it will just multiply whatever is in it's you. Like, like if you're a horrible person, you're yeah. going to become the worst person. Well, it's like saying the same thing with like, when you get in marriage, Oh, when I get in marriage, I won't watch pornography anymore. Or when I get into marriage, like all my needs will be met by my husband. And it's like, <laughs> if you had that desire before, it's going to just like, get worse. it'll be way worse. Yeah. And I, I think that's what people don't realize. And so I'm like, do the hard work now. Yeah. Come on. Um, do the secret work that no one cares about. Do that stuff now. Yeah. So that when you, you know, are in that environment, when the Lord is pouring out his spirit, um, that the things that are multiplied in you and through you are good, that their life, yeah, that their joy, that their patience, so you know, living out those fruits of the spirit, um, but I'm like, if you're angry, if you're an angry person, well, a revival is going to make you real angry and you're going to be like a controlling dictator. And mm. it's like more blessing is not going to all of a sudden make you like chill out. And I, I think people don't realize that. So I just want a so word good. of warning for you, because the way he's pouring out his spirit in these days is if there's stuff in you, you know, maybe you don't even recognize it. Just ask the Holy Spirit. Take 10 minutes today after this broadcast and just say again, like, like King David, search my heart, God. Love it. Yeah. Find in me. Is there, is there anything in me that offends you? Maybe it's not even sin. Maybe there's just a way that you're making decisions that offends the Lord. And it's not even like it's a sin. It's just not what he's asking. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so I always ask the Lord, like I j- kind of joke around with him, but I'm like, am I offending you today? Mm-hmm. Like, is there anything that I'm doing that like is kind of offending you? And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes like it's just having a bad attitude or complaining about the weather. Mm-hmm. And the Lord's like, I don't like that. Yeah. And yep. uh, I think it's being that sensitive in this hour. Yeah. That prayer, though, the, the one that you mentioned from Psalm 139 is one of my favorite prayers to pray. I share it on the show all the time, especially if you're in a place of like, it, it could even be, uh, honestly, if I'm in a situation where I feel like I handled it well, but I feel like there's a seed of something in my heart that I felt like maybe I took a, just, a, just a pinprick of offense, mm. I will still pause and pray that prayer search me, God, and know my heart, test me and see my anxious thoughts, you know? And I think that that's an appropriate thing. It's like, if you don't know what else to pray, Psalm 139, those last two verses, come on now. I mean, it's like really can, I mean, it is convicting. It's absolutely convicting. It's a, it's a prayer. I pray every single day, you know? Um, you imagine Jeff, what would happen in this nation if every Christian just prayed that daily? Yeah. Like, that's that's global revival yeah instead of looking at other people of going like here's the thing is if you do so sometimes there's legit grounds for offense like if if there if you were to ever label a hey if something like this happens you can absolutely be offended okay so let's give us a scenario like that um and you can fill in the blank of whatever is like the perfect offense like somebody comes in whatever uh, betrays you or whatever, you are still responsible for how you <laughs> respond to it. And that's really, really important. So if you're in an, in say your, your church is starting to have revival come up and someone comes in and say, yeah, they, they, they actually do have heart issues, you know, and they're starting to treat people poorly as, as God's spirit is pouring out and everything is intensified like a pressure cooker, like you were sharing that Mario Merlo shared. Um, regardless of how justified you are in taking up offense, you're still responsible for your, the condition of your heart and how you respond to that. So if there is bitterness that you have, if someone in your church has like one of the hardest lessons I ever, ever had to learn was forgiving somebody as if they'd said, I'm sorry, when I knew deep down, I knew they never would. (laughs) And, and it was just like the ship had sailed to even bring it up with them you know, uh, and God was like, you need to forgive them as if they've said, I'm sorry, because they're not going to apologize. And that was like so hard for me. Um, but ultimately that's the appropriate response to all of this is, yeah. is really working on our own hearts, you guys, and coming from a, a, an honest place of repentance before the Lord, not, Oh Lord, I repent also convict the heart of, uh, my spouse so that they <laughs> repent as well. Nope. Sorry. Sorry, I know that's a bitter pill for some people. You are responsible for how you respond and and the condition of your heart and confessing those sins. It's not a uh, a uh, a uh, like it's not dependent upon the other person repenting. Like Jesse, if I offend you, or if you offend me, right? Like it's not like okay, well, you need to apologize and then I'll forgive you. Right, like, man. It just so you know, if we can get ourselves into that place as a nation as a church of, of true, honest repentance before the Lord, working out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Like <laughs> if we can all do that, you know, just- I once heard this thing, Jeff, that's so good. It really convicted me. 
Um, this pastor once said, he goes, you know, if you're, if you have any kind of offense, right? Any kind of offense, unforgiveness, or even like, don't like how someone treated you or you felt overlooked or all these different things. We get offended about everything. But if you have any kind of offense, the pastor said, he goes, you know, it's just an indicator that you're still entitled and you mm -hmm. still believe that you're entitled. Yeah. And um, it just hit me. And it was like, yeah, like when we become Christians, we decide to lay down our lives. Mm -hmm. We lay down our entitlement. And when you're offended, that's indicating that you're not fully dead yet. And I, I think it's sometimes hard, but um, I, I think, again, it's, that oppor it's an opportunity to crucify the flesh even further. Yay. Yeah, yay. <laughs> All the fun things. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's funny, too. We could probably do a whole broadcast one day on this, Jeff, too, about deliverance. Mm. Um, cause deliverance is such a hot topic right now. And everyone wants to see the person like writhing, like a snake on the floor and like the craziness. But a lot of those people go back home and they get seven more demons, mm. um, inside of them. Like some of the videos I see online, I'm like, that person is not learning how to live delivered. And the thing yeah. is, is that, um, like you were saying, I, you know, I've prayed for so many people, Jeff. And one of the first things I always say to people is, you know, are you, are you willing to forgive that person? Mm, yeah. And when a person says no, um, they're the, the, they can't live under that, that deliverance freedom, because, you know, sometimes we, uh, we want the feelings of freedom but we're still bound by unforgiveness. We're bound by offense. We're bound by trauma. And unless we can release those things and hand those things over, I don't care if you threw up for like three hours at a deliverance session. Um, if you're still holding unforgiveness yeah. and bitterness in your heart, you come back, it's going to come back. Yeah. And that's why people, they get so frustrated. They're like, I've gone to 40 deliverance se sessions. I've been delivered, but I'm still so, and I'm like, well, have you, have you done the things? Have you, have you released the actual things that are allowing the enemy to have a foothold in your life? Yeah. And I, I love that you're saying that too, because I, I think people don't realize that it is our responsibility to work out our own salvation um, with fear, with trembling, and uh, renewing our mind, changing the way that we talk, changing the way that we think. Like, that's our responsibility. Um, and uh, man, that, I mean, we could go, that's a whole. I know. I like, we're kind of, we're kind of <laughs> dipping into like, do we want to go for three hours? I don't think we, you know. Uh, I know. Part two yeah. of living a revival lifestyle. Yeah. I just think there's so much to talk about. And I think as we move forward, there's going to be even more to talk about. Yes. Um, and I think uh, so long as we just continue to abide in the Lord, we continue to focus on um, his heart and yielding to the spirit. I think that those are like really important things. And then also too, what we were talking about just a second ago of, of living a lifestyle of just like constantly God search me, like continue yes. to continue that process. Cause it's not a checkoff list of like check done because you could do that and then walk out the door and then someone offends you and then you pick up a fence again. Been there, done that. Uh, 
you know, so I, uh, it's not a checklist. It's an active, constant maintenance. So absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, all right, Jesse, well, I would love for you to pray for people uh, and we can close this thing out because this was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, Jesus, we just thank you so much for what you're pouring out across the world right now. And um, I just pray that every single person that's listening, um, that you would just breathe on those, those maybe cold embers inside of them. Um, I, I just keep feeling like the Holy Spirit is trying to ignite um, just the fire and passion and love for the Lord in every single one of us as individuals. And then what's happening is, is corporately, we're seeing those people come together and it's like the flames inside each one of us are coming together and it just creating this like bonfire of your spirit, God. And so Holy Spirit, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're renewing our first love, that you're igniting us to come back to the simple things like the gospel, like, like prayer, like devotion, like repentance, um, like searching our hearts, Lord. And so I just pray that we would not complicate things in the days ahead, that we would just be on our front foot, um, quick to respond to what you're doing, Lord. And anything inside of us um, that is not of you, I just ask by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would remove it swiftly and in secret so that it would not bring shame to us and to those that we love. So Holy Spirit, move swiftly in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm, amen, amen. All right, Jesse, um, obviously a lot's happening in your world. God's doing a lot. You're on the front lines. How can people follow you? Because you're always posting stuff about yeah. what's going on. Yeah, especially I would say more than ever now, um, probably follow me on social media because I feel like I'm almost like a field reporter yeah. of <laughs> what's happening. Yeah, definitely. But um, my Instagram is jesse.green. Um, we're also going to be sharing stuff on YouTube, which if you go to YouTube and just go to Jesse Green, um, we'll be doing some live stuff on there as well. And then going to Saturate Global or the Greens. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just social media is the easiest. Um, sharing stuff every single day of what the Lord's doing. And then um, we are hoping to do things um, in North Carolina soon as well. Um, So we are preparing land there. Um, So we just closed on a 42 acre blueberry farm. That's right. The blueberry farm. Blueberry revival. So (laughs) come get your blueberries and get full of the Holy spirit. And yeah. Yeah. um, Yeah. So there's all those things, but um. Yeah, there. Just I want to tell everyone, like, just get excited, get expected. Um, don't partner with hopelessness in this season. Come don't on. partner with discouragement. Yeah. Um, get into the Word of God, and just really just start asking the Lord, Lord, what are you doing? How do I be a part of your, what you're doing, God? And and He will speak to you. And so I'm very excited just to see what we're about to step into. Yeah. Amen. And then if you go to the greens.co, if you in the top right corner, you can go to the store, you can get saturate and also her book wildfires. 
And again, Saturate is a great field manual for what's happening right now, especially for the next 10 years um, and probably beyond. I think it's still going to be applicable even beyond. Um, so yeah. long as we just stay the course and yield to the spirit. Uh, so check that out, you guys. That's out now. Um, and I know that will really bless Jesse. Um, and it's just, you know, it's been trial by fire for her and her husband, Parker. Um, and this is just packed full of those experiences, do's and don'ts, a lot of transparency. Great. So, uh, Jesse, thank you so much. Fantastic. This is so fun. So fun. Thank you, Jeff. Absolutely. Everybody, that's our show. Have a blessed Tuesday. Tune in tomorrow. We've got children's book author uh, Abby, Abby Duplaga back. It's going to be a great time. She's got a lot of great stuff to share. So that'll be great. Also, ElijahFire.com slash donate is how you donate. And I just want to thank you all for your, your commitment to this ministry. Um, and then we take a portion and we take it and funnel into the water well efforts. And that's, uh, we're changing people's communities. And that's because of you. So anytime you see a new well with the Elijah Streams plaque on it, you know that, that you helped contribute to that. So God bless you guys. And we will see you tomorrow with Abby Duplaga. Okay, bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. Thank you.